You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to episode 17 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. And of course, I'm joined as I am every week by non-league paper journalist and of course the author of the bulletin is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Afternoon, Ian. Yeah, doing well, thank you. Weather's nice, so uh, it's been an enjoyable weekend. How are you? Uh, very good. It is a weekend for the beer garden, which is um, which is made it even more depressing for me as I've I've been to some very enjoyable children's parties. Such is the such is the the burden of the of the young family father on a day of such incredible Les Phillips Cup action. But let's not. Let's not wind. Let's not rub salt into the wound. Um, we uh, we've had a fascinating week in the um, in the Tool Station Western League. We thought last week was um, was big with that win for Bristol Manor Farm, of course, over um, Buckland. But um, there's been plenty of other developments that um, uh, have gone on this week, um, starting on Tuesday um, with uh, with Quip, with Cribs winning at, um, at at Buckland. But there's been even more headline grabbing news. Uh, in uh, in the last 24 hours, isn't there, Tom? Indeed, um, Gillingham uh, unfortunately won't be with us next season. Uh, they've withdrawn from from the Western League. Uh, a, a sad loss for the for the league, but we wish them all the best. Absolutely. Um, do we have anything from the press statement um, that was issued? I believe it was issued just after um, Gillingham had managed to secure their passage into the semi-finals of the Les Phillips Cup. Indeed, yeah. Just as I was uh, compiling the bulletin uh, last evening, uh, I came across came across a statement, and they they stated uh, a number of reasons, as I said, uh, for taking the decision. Uh, sort of constantly want to concentrate their resources on on ensuring their new ground is as completed as quickly as possible, and then uh, they wanted to. Uh, more importantly, uh, they mentioned that they want to build their financial hub, uh, community centre, which they don't currently have, and they feel feel that they can do that best uh, playing in another league. So. Uh, yeah, they won't be with us next season, unfortunately. Okay, well, we'll try and bring the listeners more on that breaking story as um, as it unfolds. But um, I did mention that um, the week started back on the 28th of March. Um, we're really focusing on the fixtures, of course, on the 1st of April, April Fool's Day. But um, going back to uh, Tuesday, the 28th of March, Buckland they lost at home to Cribs in front of a big in front of a big crowd. But Gillingham they had a good win at home um, over Bitten, didn't they, Tom? Yeah, an eight-goal thriller there for, for uh, uh, Gillingham. Uh, five goals for them. Uh, so obviously they came away with the win. Harry Baker, uh, up with the top scorers this season now. He's he scored twice. And there's also goals for Elliot Beavis, Aidan Chaney and Ashley Clark. And you also mentioned the uh, the victory for Cribs, an, an incredibly impressive win. Away at Buckland, who, who have some of the best home form in, in the division. Uh, 2-1 two, two, win for Cribs, uh, both goals coming from uh, George King. And uh, yeah, 103 there at Buckland. Uh, not bad for a Tuesday night. Um, busy Tuesday night for cup action. And uh, there was um, there was a, a Gloucester FA Cup um, match between Bristol Manor Farm and Fairford. I think the listeners to last week's podcast would have had Manor Farm already in the final, but Fairford had something to say about that. Yeah, unfortunately, we put the mockers on them a bit there. Uh, went down to a 3 1 loss uh, against Fairford, who, by all accounts, were the better side on the evening. Uh, and it wasn't wasn't too much luck for our sides in, in general in the Cup uh, this week. Uh, Brislington and Canesham uh, suffered semi final defeats in the Somerset Cup, uh, each going down 2 1 to uh, higher class opposition. 
uh, Wessington's mayor knocking out Bridlington while Taunton Town uh, paid to Kenshin's uh, run in the cup. Yeah, and he managed it after extra time though, and there were 235 yeah. there to see that, Kenshin. So that's a, a fantastic effort by both of those clubs. And one game to talk about on Wednesday, the 29th of March, Old and Abertonians entertain Hengrove. I don't even have to tell the listeners how that one went. We know that Hengrove were going to win. How many goals did they score, Tom? Uh, another, another great win for them in the, in the league. Uh, Asa White scoring in both halves uh, and also goals for Reece Hickory and Marcus Max. Well, that brings us right bang up to date for Saturday the 1st of April and uh, it was really all about the Les Phillips Cup. We have got games in the Premier Division and in the First Division, which of course we'll talk about, but it started. Um, our coverage starts at Melksham Town for the for the for the battle of the uh, of, of the quarterfinals in, in many respects between Melksham Town and Buckland Athletic, two big boys of the Premier Division, two cup specialists, of course. And uh, it was a tight affair, wasn't it, Tom? It was indeed. It looked like they were going to extra time. They were heading in, which is five minutes ago, before Melksham, the home side, managed to, to creep one in with Luke Ballinger uh, scoring the winner. Uh, to paid Buckland's uh, uh, progress in the cup. And it's Melksham who moved on to the semi-final. A really big win for them. Now, Roman Glass St. George fancied anybody on their uh, home pitch, and we heard about that on the podcast, of course. They came up against Gillingham Town, and, um, well, they won't be progressing in the Cup any further, will they? No, playing on the 3G, they would have fancied their chance, obviously, knocked out Bristol and Farm in the previous round, as, as we gave uh, as we gave them a, a call a few weeks ago. Uh, but it wasn't to be, and uh, they were dumped out by Gillingham, who obviously... Uh, have other things on their mind at the moment, but a uh, Les Phillips Cup semi-final as well. Um, I'm sure they'll want to leave a mark in the Western League. And it's them who progressed uh, thanks to a 3-1 win away from home on Saturday. Really impressive. Um, the consistently inconsistent Shepton Mallet, they were at home to Cribs. Um, Shepton, when they're good, they're very, very good. How were they against Cribs, Tom? Unfortunately, it wasn't to be for them either. Uh, they weren't very good. Uh, a 3-1 loss at home to Cribs. It's had an excellent week, obviously, that, that win we just mentioned at Buckland the other day. Uh, and they've made it another win, uh, and they've through to the semi-finals. Uh, another team to win three, one away from home. Uh, they'll play uh, Wooden Rovers in the last four. Well, you've you've stolen my thunder there. <laughs> you've stolen my thunder because our final Les Phillips Cup quarter-final tie was a was a, a repeat of last year's final against um, Will and Rovers against our very own Hengrove Athletic. I do feel as if we've adopted them now. And um, well, sh- surely there was only ever going to be one winner here, wasn't there? I've, 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 I've let it loose, haven't I? You have, there, unfortunately. But it was Will and Rovers, as I mentioned. <laughs> You know, when I said I was being facetious, of course, at the beginning, while saying that there was only ever going to be one winner, because Willand, of course, have been doing ever so well in the um, in the Premier Division this season. They did well in they did well in the Premier Division last season as well. You know, they're a club with real pedigree and real quality, and I'm sure for them, they felt that last season's Les Phillips Cup final was a, was an upset against um, First Division Hengrove. But um, Hengrove, who currently sit on top of the First Division, have been in a good runner form. Of course, we we do enjoy talking about it every week on the pop. Uh, on the podcast so to put that 
win for Willand into context, just in case they're wondering why on earth we're, we're so interested uh, in a victory for a Premier Division side over a First Division side. The, the last time Hengrove were beaten was on Boxing Day, so that was last year. They have secured 11 consecutive victories, and in that run, uh, they have secured eight consecutive clean sheets. So that equates to over 12 hours, half a day, of playing football, and nobody had scored against Hengrove since Welton Rovers managed it on February the 11th. So I hope that, uh, although Will and I'm sure will have gone into that game, particularly at home, feeling that they were the, uh, the strong favourites, that puts that result into some kind of context. As you say, um, it does mean that Hengrove can focus very much on the league. And it's interesting, isn't it? We've seen in, uh, in, in the last few um, rounds that um, sometimes teams that have been going very well in the league have a bit of a wobble. And it'll be interesting to see how Hengrove um, recover from, um, from this first loss for a very long time. So I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Jamie Hillman, the manager of uh, none other than Hengrove Athletic. Normally when we speak to managers, Jamie, we like to um, do it off the back of a win, but um, if we wanted to speak to you when you were winning, we'd speak to you every week. So we've, we've, we've picked this uh, opportunity. You, you were unsuccessful in the Les Phillips Cup at the weekend, um, but it was against um, a Premier League team in good form. Um, were you disappointed with the result? Um, yeah, really, if, if I'm honest, we, we probably didn't do ourselves justice on the day. And it, it's probably a, a game that we'll, we'll look back on and think, you know, we could have done a bit better. It, it, you know, as I said, if, if I'm honest, the best of the team on the day one, um, Willem thoroughly deserved to win. And, and we never really, we never really got going. We started well the first 10 minutes, but then... After that, really, we, we, we couldn't do ourselves uh, a justice, if in fairness. How did it compare to last year's final? Probably completely different, if I'm honest. Um, last year, it was a hot day. Willand had a hell of a lot of the ball in the final last year, and we, we were really compact and, and didn't allow them really to, to play as much football as what they would have liked, whereas on Saturday, we... We got down there and they were they were sweeping all the uh, water off the pitch because they'd had a had a torrential downpour. Um, and, and in fairness, I think that you know if if the score would have been level uh, going into the second half, I don't think the game would have been played. In fact, the referee did look up and say that if we could equalise, he'd, he'd abandon the game because of the pitch. But that would be again, you know, that that was that probably wouldn't have been been fair on Willem who who thoroughly deserved to win. Um, and as I say, we, we never really got going. Last year in the final, we, we put them under pressure and didn't allow them many chances. And we certainly didn't, although we're, we're two different teams from last year's final, really. Um, we didn't really do any of that that we know we're good at doing. Well, it does give you an opportunity to concentrate on the league. Um, you've hit the top of the table now. Are you confident that you're going to be able to stay there for the rest of the season? Um, I'm confident in the, the players that we have are all very hard working for each other and they're very keen to stay there you know they, they've worked I get flaudits if you like and people say oh you, your team's doing well and you're doing well and things like that but ultimately I think as a manager you, you send your players out and you, you give them instructions they then have to go in deliver what you what you want them to and, and in fairness to my boys suits we lost the Kingsham on Boxing Day which was a, 
bit of a local, you know, it is our local derby, and it was a bit of a, we didn't turn up for the first 45 minutes, the second 45 we did, but not the first 45, and left a bit of a sour taste in our mouth, in, in honesty, and we went away then, we had, a, we had a couple of weeks break, and we went away all raring to go again, I think, after, after that uh, performance, and to probably to prove ourselves you know, to prove people wrong and probably to prove to ourselves, you know, we, we can compete. We are a bit better than, than what we've shown on that day. And and we've certainly done that, you know, the, the, the lads are, uh, you'll probably be able to tell me, on probably 11, I think 11 games on the banks we've won in the league now, um, which is a, a phenomenal effort, a phenomenal effort from the boys. And hopefully, you know, we, we've got some real tough games. We're obviously at, at Cheddar um, this evening and... You know, back on Saturday and Keatham, Good Friday, and so on and so on. So we've got six cup finals ourselves to play now, and um, we'll, we'll take each team as it comes. But we know that obviously, if we keep winning, then sooner or later we're gonna we're gonna reach our target of promotion. You mentioned that run of eleven victories, but um, a key part of that was eight consecutive clean sheets. Is that where you believe your strength lies in this fantastic run? Your the strong your strong defence. Um, yes, we, you know, we, we have always had a decent record defensively over the last few seasons. You know, we have one season when I came back to Hengrove where we shipped goal after goal, week after week, and that was unlike us. But again, you know, we, we were building a side from from scratch again. Um, <coughs> we, we do say to the boys, you know, we want to be up near the top. We want to be challenging. We want to be looking for promotion and, and to do that we have to keep clean sheets and we've always been a team that have struggled to score goals in, in, in perfectly honestly um, but this season we're, we're scoring goals whilst keeping those clean sheets as well and, and you know it, it is a team effort it's the, the front boys work their socks off and defend from the front but in fairness the defenders who you don't usually hear from or, or the goalkeeper and things like that they don't usually take the plaudits but They've been fantastic for us as well. Well, we, we, we have to, if we're going to give plaudits to the back, of course, we've got to give plaudits to the front, as you say. And Asa White has been in an absolutely incredible goal-scoring um, form this season. And certainly in the league, he's um, top goal-scorer uh, in the league, if you include the, uh, the the Premier Division, but also going well in, in all competitions. So you, you've, uh, you've really got... You've, you've, found this, um, you've found this season a, a good balance. Yeah, we have. I mean... Asa would be the first to admit that, you know, he's not a one-man show. I did mention that on Saturday to the boys because, unfortunately, we lose Asa for a few games, starting with tonight through suspension. Um, and, and I've said, you know, it's not a, it's not the Asa White FC. It's not all about Asa. But in fairness to him, you know, he was a centre-half that I signed two, three seasons ago um, from local football and he's kind of been converted and kind of been talked into playing as a midfielder more than anything else that's, that's the phenomenal thing about it is that most of the players or all the players on the goal scoring chart are centre forwards well Ace is not a forward Ace is a midfielder who he, he's been excellent you know he's been excellent but as I said along with everybody else as well and he'd be the first to admit that as a team thing he just happens to be able to at the moment, put the ball in the back of the net. 
Cheddar tonight, as you mentioned, that's going to be a really stiff test, isn't it? Because it wasn't that long ago they themselves topped the first division. Obviously, a club with aspirations of promotion in what's a really big year in that in their club's history. So, um, um, it's going to be a real, a, a really good opportunity for your side to bounce back after that defeat at the weekend. Yeah, definitely. You know, we probably wouldn't have asked for a, a better game for us to play. If I'm honest, and having to do with Cheddar tonight. Um, I, I know what Cheddar are about and, and Cheddar know what we're about and they, they play some great football at, at times probably they're the best football in the league in terms of passing the ball and their movement and you know they're, they're a really good football inside and I'm a little bit surprised at the points that they have dropped of late but that is that's the Western League for you you know anybody can beat anybody so we know it's going to be tough you know we know that Probably the emphasis is, is a little bit more on Cheddar tonight. You know, they're eight points behind us with six games to go, and they probably have to win tonight. Whereas, you know, we want to win. We're certainly going to go there to win. But I think that, you know, if it was a draw, then I'd probably be the happier of two managers with that result. Although, like I said, you know, I, I also am aware that if, if we go there and win tonight, then that puts an 11 point gap <coughs> between us and them. Jamie, thank you very much um, for taking the time to speak to us, particularly before such an important game this evening. Um, I very nearly had to take a week off the podcast today, uh, out of a mark of respect. The the the, uh, the flag was flying at half mast outside the Knockholds family. That the idea that you could possibly lose um, is, is just this rock my world. But thank you very much um, for stepping into the breach and and uh, and uh, giving us an interview. And um, good luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Thank you very much. Anyway, we move to normal fare now, and there were four matches in the Premier Division this weekend, and Bridport were at home to Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, good win for Bridport, and a free good goal got them on their way. Four strikes from Brady Thorns and Richard Hebbins helped them out of the strong crowd. 96 there, uh, a free two win at home to Longwell Green Sports, and uh, yeah, good free points for them. Brislington, who've been in and out of form in recent weeks, they were at home to Chipping Sudbury Town. Yeah, and Brislington were, were, were down at half time following Joe White's 40th of the season for, for Chipping Sudbury, but they managed to fight back. And uh, a third goal for Mikael Plummer got them on level terms before he then doubled his, doubled his uh, tally for the afternoon to put them ahead uh, quite soon after. Uh, with James Batchelor, who had a, an excellent game from what I've heard, uh, then wrapped up the win with a now, Sherbourne Town entertained High Flying Street and, um, well, Richard Fay's men um, secured another routine victory by the looks of things. City at home to Bitten. Yeah, uh, Bitten managed to salvage a point. Uh, they are very much fighting for their, their, their spot in the division on the next year. Uh, Ryan Madge tried for them uh, following Jacob Brown's early efforts for Wells. And, and an away point for Bitten, which will be, could be crucial come the end of the season. Bullshit.
Ross, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand. And it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get out of the van. Come the hand. It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Now we move into the first division. Um, more first division games um, um, played this uh, this uh, this week, and uh, we kick off with Bishop Sutton at home to Chippenham Park. Yeah, Chippenham Park had uh, a second three-two win in a row uh, following last Saturday's entertaining uh, win. Uh, goals from Ben Pring, Scott Beer, and Lewis McCarran helped them from two 0 down to win away at Bishop Sutton. Uh, good three points for Chippenham. Uh, now Cheddar, who uh, ever since we had him on the podcast have, have, have somewhat imploded. Um, uh, they were at home to Chard Town. Yeah, and they had to come from behind twice to, to grab a point at home to Chard, a two-all draw. And uh, it was the visitors who went ahead uh, from James Borland in just the fifth minute uh, before Billy Borland closed uh, from close range, 20 minutes from time, and put Cheddar level. Uh, Boylan then just went once more, 10 minutes from time, to put Chard back ahead. Uh, but they couldn't hold on, and Cheddar managed to now the highest scoring game in the uh, in the league uh, was between Corsham Town and Bishop's Lydiard. Yeah, Corsham have had a, a recent upset, uh, victory last week and lost back of uh, eight straight league defeats, and they managed to grab a point at home to Lydiard uh, following a three-all draw. Yeah, um, they took a fifth-minute lead from Marcus Brown at uh, Corsham night. Uh, but they soon found themselves three one down with Bishop City scoring to so quite a uh, three goals in, in just thirty minutes uh, through Cameron Flaherty, George Shinnett and James Quick. Uh, but Aaron Matson managed to get them back into the game uh, early in the second half and they managed to grab a grab the equaliser in the eighty ninth minute of the, the game with Robbie Tripp smashing home. Uh, Oldland Abertonians entertained Almondsbury Ewey. Yeah, Almondsbury, who um, obviously in need of wins, not just draws, but wins. Uh, unfortunately, they went down to a 2-0 loss away from home. Uh, an own goal put, put Oldham ahead, and they managed to wrap up the win uh, with David Stone scoring final 10 minutes. So I'm delighted to welcome Dave Stone to the podcast. Dave, um, first of all, let's have a chat about that game against Almondsbury. You had a, a unique position because um, not only were you manager, obviously, at the time, but also you scored the second goal. Yeah, I, was, um, I took over on my own from Josh after the Engrove uh, game and I decided to make a few changes, put myself on the bench and... Uh, go a different way in like trying to get the points and uh, it worked out in the end where I came on it was nil-nil and I managed to have a hand in both goals really you know the first one I was across where the lad played into his own goal and the second one uh, all over the top and I just went through played into the back of the net so you know, it was good for us to get the win and I uh, enjoyed the day really I think everyone else did. It's great that you've got your uh, you've got that win, um, but um, it's not been an easy season for you, is it? You haven't had uh, you've had good results and, and you know not so good results. Um, so I mean, what's your assessment on how this season has gone so far? Um, at the start of the season, I thought we'd go on and do a bit better than we are doing, but we've under underachieved this season. Basically, we've lost a lot of players, a lot of injuries. There's games where sometimes we turn up with eleven players where people have commitments where they had to go to so you know it's been tough this season to get a settled team 
And when we have had a settled team, we've got the results. And then when we have not had a settled team, it's showed in the results where we could hardly pick up a win because we'd have to be drafting in five under 18 players to cover a fixture. And it's been hard, but, you know, well done to the lads who did. And we almost seen out the season. Hopefully we can get another five wins you know, to finish off this season and put us in a better position, kicking on for next season. Yeah, and four of those games, of course, are at home, uh, and uh, some of them are against teams that are uh, around you. So, real optimism that you'll be able to record a few more victories and um, climb a few more places at the table. Well, it's not optimism, really. It's just confident. You know, with the players we've got at the minute and players who have come in, I think we have got a steady squad to get the job done till the end of the season, really. You've got Bishop Sutton coming up next. That's the only away game. Um, what have you? Uh, are, are you optimistic of a good result there? They're in. They're, they're um, an interesting yeah, side, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. One week they'll lose, and next week they'll win six 0 or you know they'll beat a team in the top of the league, and then they'll lose to a team bottom of the league. So hopefully we'll be that team close to the bottom of the league they lose to, even though they are just above us, and uh, it'd be three points. But I'm quite confident we can go there and get something on Friday night. So. Not you really, not bothered about it really. And then that run of four home games. Um, obviously, good a good um, finish to the season is uh, is good for the morale. But um, have you got already got one eye on next season? Um, not really. I, I try to take every game as it comes. Really, you know, we don't really underestimate an opponent. We just go in the game, play with confidence, play to the best of our abilities, and then see what go, see what goes from there. Last season we finished. I think with five wins from six, and uh, we kicked on again this season, winning our four, first four games. You know, so and then it all went to pot when we had a few injuries. So this from now till the end of the season, next season, we just have to take each game as it comes, play every team on the day, no matter what position they're in, and try and get victories. Now, obviously, you've been playing um, as well as managing this season. Of the teams that you've yeah. come across in the first division, who've, who's impressed you most? Um, I think the only team that impressed me, and that was earlier in the season, was Wellington. Because they, they, they just played, they played good football. They were constant throughout the season. And then they, they faded a bit. But not even playing Engrove didn't I didn't think they impressed us much. Yeah, I thought they were too direct in what they do. If one player is not performing in their team, then they're not the best. So, yeah, but good on them for being where they are. And that one person performing every week for them and getting them the points. One of the things I, uh, that um, I've enjoyed from doing the podcast over the last few months is talking about um, the race for the title in the Premier Division and the quality um, of the sides that aspire to, um, uh, to play in the Southern League. You're a man who I know has played at a higher level of football. What do you make of the quality of Western League football? I'd say football's changed over the years, but it has got better in some aspects and in, in some aspects he hasn't really but it, it, the teams are going up I think they're quite strong and they will surprise a few teams in the higher leagues who underestimate them not knowing what the teams are about because a lot of players have dropped down from Southern League and higher just to play and enjoy their football at the Western League level so you know it'd be a surprise for most of the teams in higher levels when they do come up against them Dave, thank you very much indeed for your time um, talking to the podcast. It's been a pleasure speaking to you and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. 
Well, Portis Head Town entertained a rampant Radstock Town. Mm, Radstock have been really, really strong of late. 5-0 win away. Uh, away from home for them over Portis Head. Uh, Simon Millard scoring an either half. Uh, he's doing really well at the moment. And uh, also goals for Tom Stocks from the penalty spot. James Ruffin with a header. And Jake Wyatt helping us with a 5-0 win. Warminster and Devizes, they had a share of the points. They did. Uh, a one or four there at Weymouth Street. It was Devizes who went ahead in the just 30th second of the fixture uh, for Rob Mitchell, but they weren't able to hold on <laughs> for the 89 minutes uh, after that. And it was uh, one who managed to grab an equaliser. And yeah, a one or draw there. Kind of a strong crowd uh, of 70 there. Oh, it's a bit of a Wiltshire derby there. <laughs> two, two very close towns indeed. And finally, we wrap up the first division with, um, well, if you thought that uh, Hengrove losing, lo- uh, losing was something of a rarity, then uh, the Green Army fans of Well Rovers haven't had too many victories to cheer this season. Season, but they certainly had one away at Wincanton on Saturday. It is, uh, and it was a 2-1 win for Welton, uh, and goals for Malik Jane, and Anastasia, who, who continues to, to wrap up the goals, uh, helps them to a 2-1 to a win over Wincanton. Now then, Tom, um, before we have a look at the league, uh, we'll have a look at the um, uh, the fixtures that are coming up um, this week. And uh, we kick off on Monday night and uh, Melchant Town... Uh, well, I, I don't know why I'm asking you this as a question. <laughs> we kick off on Monday night with Melchant Town at home to Hallen. There's a few more Premier League games uh, on the Tuesday. Uh, do you want to take us through those? Of course, yeah. Uh, we have Brisbane, Bridport, Sutton Athletic looking to get back to winning ways. Uh, they host Cleveland Town, Gillingham Town, uh, obviously. Uh, they host Shepherd Mallet. Uh, and then odd down, uh, they're also taking on Bradford Town. And there is a, a big first division clash also on Tuesday evening between uh, two of the top sides where Cheddar will host Hengrove uh, Athletic. Well, if you, if you, I mean, that is a big tie, of course. Hengrove wanting to get back to winning ways and Cheddar needing to um, start recording three points if they're to get their promotion pushed back on track. But there's another um, big game at the top of the Premier Division. On uh, Wednesday night, um, Willen Rovers at home to Bristol Manor Farm. Um, so, um, a highly competitive fixture, I'm sure. There, also in the first division on the same night, Carn Town host Bishops Lydiard and Warminster um, uh, host Wellington. And we've got a bit of we got a bit of Friday night football for you as well. Bishop Sutton at home in the first division, of course, to Oldland Abertonians. Now then, Tom, can you take us through uh, the fixtures on Saturday the 8th of April? Of course. Uh, so no cut fixtures, a uh, full set of uh, Premier Division and First Division matches for, to look forward to. And we have Bradford Town taking on the bottom side, Sherbourne Town. Sutton Athletic will travel, travel to take on Cadbury Heath. Chipping Sudbury Town take on Ogdown. Cribs versus Gillingham Town. Longwell Green Sports will host Bridlington. Melsham Town take on Street in, a, in a, an entertaining, uh, could be an entertaining fixture with two of the top sides. Uh, we have Wells City against Bristol Manor Farm, um, Will and Rovers against Bitten. And then in the first division, we have Almondsbury Uwe, obviously, in search of three points uh, down the bottom. They will host Malmesbury Victoria. Bishop City will take on Westbury United. Chard Town versus Devizes Town, Cheddar, uh, they will take on Roman Glass and George. Portishead Town will travel to take on an informed Chippenham Park. Hengrove Athletic, the t- table toppers, they'll take on Ashton and Blackwell United. Cainton Town uh, will, will host Warminster Town. Caution Town, uh, very, very, very good of late, last couple of weeks have been, been strong. They'll take on Bradford Town, they're in flying form. And then we end with Wellington versus Calm Town. Now, I'm not entirely sure whether we've done this or not, but did we give the semi-finalists for the Les Phillips Cup? Gillingham Town, uh, they will take on Melksham Town. 
and Cribs versus Willem Grovers. That's our that's our final four. Excellent. Right then. Well, uh, the final thing to do then today is just to have a quick look at the uh, the two tables. Bristol Manor Farm, of course, sitting on top of the Premier Division, played 33. Um, they've got 87 points, 10 more than Street, who played the same number of games. They're on 77 points, then four-point gap um, to Melksham. We've got a game in hand on 32 played, 73 points, of course. If Melksham can beat Street, that would be um, uh, that would certainly make things interesting in their race for second. But a team that I'm sure will ha- want to have their own say on the race to second will be Buckland Athletic. Played 32, they're on 70 points. Um, so n- not out of it by any stretch of the imagination. They'll be looking to go again, I'm sure. Bradford Town sitting in fifth uh, on 64 points. And Willand, who we've been talking about a lot on tonight's show, um, they uh, played 32, they're on 62 points. At the bottom end, it's uh, Bitten, who are in 18th place at the moment, played 33, 18 points, exactly the same number of games played and exactly the same number of points as Hallen. And um, Sherbourne sitting on the bottom of the pile, they've played 34 and uh, they've only got 13 points. Um, so possibly you could say Sherbourne have, have uh, well, they've got a lot of work to do, let's put it like that, but um, Bitten and Hallen still in there fighting and uh, just above them, Long World Queen Sports, maybe they need to be taking a look over their shoulder. As we drop down into the first division, we've got Hengrove Athletics sitting on top of the pile. They've played 36, they've got 79 points. Played the same number of games as Wellington. Wellington got three less points, they're on 76 points. Canesham, um, 38 played, 75 points. And Cheddar, 36 played, 71 points. So they've still got ground to make up if they're going to bother the top two. Uh, Radstock sitting back in fifth. Um, a creditable 62 points. They've got three points more than Ashton and Blackwell, but um, Radstock really in top with the um, uh, not really in touch with the uh, the tabletoppers at the moment. And at the bottom of the table, um, Almondsbury Uwe, of course, sitting still at the bottom. 37 play, 25 points. Above them, Calm Town. 35 played, 31 points. And then above them, Corsham. 37 played, 33 points. Um, I've done it a little bit out of sync, Tom. We normally we normally uh, normally I ask you to pick out your your fixture of the week. Have you got any thoughts on that? I think it was the, the, uh, the midweek fixture. We've done that more this weekend. Uh, um, the Cheddar Hengrove first division clash on my black and gold um, scarf on, I'm going to go for um, Saturday's clash between Melksham and Street. Um, Darren Perrin against Richard Fay, two of the big boys in the um, in the uh, in the Premier Division, should be in, should be an exciting one. But um, uh, I don't I don't disagree with you about those midweek sides. And uh, it, it, you know, interesting that at this moment in the in the season, even with um, Manor Farms' um, healthy lead at the top of the Premier Division, still a lot of very exciting football to be played and to be watched. Um, in the Tool Station Western League. Yeah, definitely. And we've got positions uh, to fight for. Probably after the Manor Farm have run away with the title a little bit. But as you said, there's a lot of teams in the chase for second, and that should be entertaining. And a couple of them to me uh, this week. So uh, all eyes on those games. And also, obviously, in the first division, uh, Hengrove is probably favourite now, but uh, a number of teams, Cheddar, Wellington, Cage, are all still in touch. If they can get the form from right at this Excellent stuff. Now, um, I know you've compiled the bulletin because I'm reading it now. Where can that be found? It's on their website. Uh, there's a, a, a tab along the top of the, 
And of course, we can read your column every week in the non-league paper, can't we? Yeah, there was a many of us did a full fixture yesterday, so uh, quite in depth uh, look at streets winner Sherborne and also Wells uh, draw with it. So yeah, two hundred and fifty words. Excellent, Tom. Thank you very much indeed for your time and all your all your effort, of course, for the podcast. And uh, well, from Tom and myself, Ian Knockholds, this has been another episode of the Tool Station Western League podcast. <laughs>